Hi, and welcome to the Believe in the Land Show. My name is Andy Billman. Let's take a look back at the week that was in Cleveland sports. Well, it's the week of July 4th, so there's only one sport in town, and it's the sport we're going to pay major attention to today. It's the Guardians. Baseball just wrapped up, and the Guardians are probably right where they should be. They're 45 and 45. They've played like a 500 team all year. They, frankly, are a 500 team, and that's where they are in the standings. They're 45 and 45. But with the Minnesota loss today, they're going to be a half game up going into the break, which is nice, which is good. So nothing wrong there. So what do we make of all this? We'll talk about there's a lot of banter about what the second half will bring with trades. We're going to discuss that today. And really, what do we think is ahead? But I want to start off with Shane Bieber because he is the topic of conversation. Do you trade him? And he finally had a loss today to the Royals. So what does all this really mean? Well, you know, Bieber has not won now since he last beat the Astros way back in mid-June. So he's, he's had a bit of a streak now. Can't quite find the win column. Had another inning today where things just unraveled quickly with two outs. Gave up three runs, all in two out hits by the Royals. Royals are not a power hitting team by any means. So, you know, Bieber should be doing better in those kind of situations. And it just was a frustrating game. Um, and, and Bieber, this loss had a twofold issue. The Guardians lost. That's the most important. But if you're thinking about trading Shane Bieber, boy, his trade stock took a hit. He didn't look good today. He looked withered at times in the sixth inning. He frankly hopped in and out of trouble really the second and third time around the lineup. It's it's hard. You know, I hear people say, boy, hopefully the Guardians make a big trade. Boy, this trade Shane Bieber. You know, I do think you can always get good value back for starting pitching, especially in this marketplace where there's not a lot of starting pitching. But you got to be realistic about what you're going to get back unless you think you're going to get some sort of haul. And I don't know if we're going to get that kind of haul. Could we get a good bat in exchange for Shane Bieber? Yes, a one-for-one one, or maybe a two-for-one. Yes, but, you know, I hear people say big haul. It's like, who's going to trade a big haul right now for Shane Bieber? Guy can't make pitches in big spots. And it looks, and again, down in the fourth inning, multiple hits. Second, third, he escaped out of that. Fifth inning, they finally scored. Sixth inning, there was runners all over the place. And then the top of the seventh, he had another situation where a guy got in an infield single, but he got in on with an infield single, and they had to take him out. Bieber's really having a hard time getting through games right now. And everybody wants to talk about velocity, and that's important. And I know that's a big stat thing in, in baseball, so I don't want to minimize velocity because it's not a minor stat. It's a big deal. But let's, let's be honest. I mean, the guy's not pitching elite. What the market is for Shane Bieber is very hard to determine and murky unless you're desperate. And I don't know if there's a team that says D desperate. I just don't know if I'm seeing that out there. I frankly don't know if there's going to be a team that goes, I have to have Shane Bieber. I mean, I don't, I don't get that feeling. So there's all these stories. Oh, they're gonna get this big haul for big, big haul. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. And then the other, you know, storyline with this going outside the game this is a bigger picture. 
there's a lot of people, boy, I'm hoping they can trade a couple young players for something. You know, I, I don't know if I see a lot of teams lining up for, for Freeman. And I like Freeman or lining up for Arias. Arias can't hit. I don't know if you're going to see a lot of people lining up for David Fry. David Fry. My point is like everybody's expecting these big trades and obviously the one chip is Shane Bieber. And I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Now here's a question that the guardians are going to have to ask themselves. Let's put Shane Bieber on a second. Could you trade Shane Bieber and get that you like? Yes. Can you trade Shane Bieber for a big haul? No. If you trade Shane Bieber, does that help you in your playoff run? Absolutely not. No. You need veteran pitching in the playoffs. Playoffs are not the regular season. Pitching in a playoff game in the Bronx is not pitching on a Sunday against the Royals. Those are two very different situations. Shane's done the first point. He's gone into the boogie down and done well against the Yankees last year at a big spot. You trade that away. That's experience. That's something you can't replace. And in sports, this happens all the time. All the time. Where players come out, they get traded, and they have a rebirth. It could happen with Shane Bieber easily. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to be here. I don't know. Maybe. Possible. I think we all know the conclusion. It's not going to end here. He's not going to be on the team in 2024. That I agree with. Trading him right now, can you get maximum value? Is it going to help the team in 2023? I don't see that. Unless there's a trade out there that I'm not even thinking about that can really, really help the team and give them a power bout, then yeah, then yeah, we can sit and talk about it. But again, like this whole Shane Bieber get a haul, I don't think he's going to get a haul. You can make a good trade and get players back for Shane Bieber. But like a Mike Clevenger thing, I, I don't know if I see that. I don't know if teams are going to be really receptive to that after what the Guardians have done in the past. I don't know if I see that here. Shane Bieber helps the Guardians win in the 2023 playoffs. I do think Shane Bieber deserves an all-star break to reset and see what we have down the stretch here. I've seen a lot of articles just trade Shane. If you just trade Shane, you're not allowing your team to be successful as they want to be in this current season, which I don't think is a good precedent. I just don't. I think these young guys need to continue to learn and continue to play playoff games. The more these young kids get playoff experience, the better are they will be at it once they're really ready to launch. This is still the youngest team in baseball. The Guardians are the youngest team in baseball. I would keep Shane Bieber. I would trade him in the offseason. Unless you get a deal you can't refuse and you get that haul. Or you get that player that you really, uh, you get a big thumper that you just can't say no. You get that, then you got to make the trade. Got to make the trade. But from a trade standpoint, what I think, if I were an organization, 
and you really want to get a big haul or you want to get a big thing, you trade Shane Bieber and Ahmed Rosario, which you can do because you have a Tyler Freeman. You have guys like Arias. You guys have like, you know, David Fry who can come in. Now, Rosario is one of your better hitters right now. He's finally caught on fire. He has had a fantastic July. He is one of the few players today that got a hit in the game. He has really played well in the month of July. And we all know he closes the season well. But that you can get, I think, a huge return. You trade Rosario and Bieber, if a team needs that, I think you could really look at some things. But are you going to do that? That upsets the apple court, too, with Jose Ramirez. I don't know. I wouldn't trade Rosario. I would ride that baby out. But again, if you get a big bat, and it's tempting. That's the trade that I foresee. That's the trade that I think could bring back is Bieber and Rosario. And again, logistically, because of the Guardians having all this middle infield sitting around like a like a Freeman, that, that's not crazy. But Rosario's bat's not easy to replace in a big spot. Kid hits in big spots. Great two-out hitter. Great hitter in the back half of the season. Best friends, I think, on the team with Jose Ramirez. That's a lot you're trading away. A lot. But that's something the Guardians are going to have to start thinking about. I'm sure they already talk about daily in the office. What do we do here? Because I think that's a player that has some interest to in some teams. I would want an Ahmed Rosario if I were a Baltimore Orioles. I would want an Ahmed Rosario for certain spots if I were a team needing one more hitter. Does a lot for you. Kid's a gamer and two outs. And everybody gets on Ahmed, but man, the guy can play. Now his defensive glove is shaky, but the kid can hit in the clutch. And the kid hits at the end of the year very well. Those are the two things that I see together to bring this big haul, which is the favorite word in sports talk, haul. If you do that, I think you can get a big haul. But do you want to do that? You're sacrificing your chance at doing something in the playoffs. That's what I see. I don't see player. I don't see teams lining up for Freeman, Arias, David Fry. I just don't. Will Brennan, I don't see it. Rosario and obviously Bieber, yes. For the right price. Packaging those two together, I think you can get a big prize. Maybe a big bat. Definitely a big haul. Those are two players that can win you a World Series. Can really help you out. And I want to end on this note with Bieber. You have to my opinion, see what this kid has coming out of the break. Shane Bieber has pride. Shane Bieber has a lot of pride. I think he's going to pitch well in the second half. And if he doesn't, then maybe there is something really going on in Bieber. Because I think he's he is a competitor that did not end the way he wanted to go in the All-Star break today, obviously. He has never lost to the Royals. That's the team he's dominated. He didn't have it today. That that is not the way to go in the All Star break. I would think Shane Bieber would want to come back after this and really, really come out firing about how he can 
how he can really lift a club and probably the Guardians to a to a contendership in a playoff. I really think Bieber's going to come back playing hard. He's got too much pride. Too much pride. Now it's shocking today um, because it's the Royals. The, the Bieber always does well against the Royals. So to see that against Kansas City was jarring. Don't think you're going to get a big haul for Bieber. Don't think you're going to trade away all those young middle talents. I don't think they're that big of pieces to move. The pieces to move are Rosario and Bieber. I would hang on to him because I think you need both in the playoffs. That's the trade discussion. And no matter what happens, we need Shane Bieber to bounce back after the All-Star break and get back to the old Bieber that we all know and love. Because we're certainly not seeing it here in his last few starts. We come back, we're going to do more Cleveland Guardians baseball. Welcome back to the Believe in Land Show. My name is Andy Billman. If you love instantaneous analysis by myself, please go to at official Cleveland sports on Instagram. That's at official Cleveland sports on Instagram. Check it out. Also, if you love great coverage on the three teams, please go to believe in the land.com myself, Todd Hall, and many others work on many articles about the three teams, including Buckeyes football. Also we do this report called two one six and beyond kind of giving you what is going on in the city that we love Cleveland, Ohio, go to believe in the land. Dot com And finally, check us out on our YouTube page, Believe in the Land, on YouTube. All right, so let's talk about the three positives here as we get to a 45 and 45 record. There's obviously some things that are going well. I think there's three things that really stand out. Number one, this team has been saved by the youthful starting pitching. It's remarkable the turning out the rotation of players Hunter Gaddis, Pat, Peyton Battenfield, we haven't mentioned those names in a while. Even they were rookies that came into spots and did okay, did pretty well at times. Even Hunter Gaddis at times thought looked the part. Peyton Battenfield had a start here and there. They're not talked about as much. Hunter's down in AAA. Um, as, for, as for Peyton Battenfield, he's injured. But those two guys, and then obviously the, B, the Bybee, Tanner Bybee, having a great year, really ending – the first half strong. Logan Allen, who's down AAA, but shows a lot of promise. I think we're going to see him back up here, which is a good thing for the Guardians. And then finally, the young stud, the number one pick out of East Carolina, Gavin Williams, who looks the part, who a lot of fans, I call it Gaga for Gavin, because a lot of fans are excited about him, as they should be. It's remarkable in a year that to not have Plesak, who's down in Columbus, to not have Tristan McKenzie, who's basically made two starts this year, that's it. To not really have consistency from Quantro, who's injured again. Savali, who's missed parts of the year, but is finally back. And then Bieber, who's pitching okay, but not pitching like to his standards. And yet this team is 45-45 and because they keep turning out young pitching. They keep getting pitching up into Cleveland, making big starts. That should never be taken for granted as a fan. That is not easy. It's hard to do it with one rookie pitcher, let alone multiple rookie pitchers. I named you five that are starting rookie pitchers that have had to come up and make multiple, multiple starts. Not easy. Not something that is really we planned on this year. 
We didn't plan on her. Our scenario rotation was going to be Bieber, McKenzie, Savali, Quantrill, Plesak. Currently, right now, we're two of those. Two. Two. And Quantrill and Plesak haven't pitched well at all. And Quantrill's hurt again, which is not good. And McKenzie's been hurt all year. And yet they are in contention because of AAA depth, because of how they groom pitchers to come up to the big leagues. The Guardians have a gift for pitching, and it's really shining. Any other club I think would be done. Ask the Yankees. They have, had, they have not had healthiness in their rotation, and they're, and they're getting by because of their big bats. The Guardians don't have that kind of payroll. They have Jose, they have Josh Naylor, they have Josh Bell. That's really it. Ahmed Rosario, they have a bunch of young kids. Youngest roster in baseball. Being more filtered by the, probably the youngest starting rotation in baseball. The Guardians starting rotation of youth, the young guns, should never be really, it gets doesn't get enough praise. They have been so good. In what is a very, very tough spot. It is kudos to guys like Antonetti and Turnoff and all those scouts. Is they, they're scouting because their ability to pick. And by the way, Espinino, not up. So they, even their top, Daniel Espinino, hasn't been playing. That's how good they have been this year. That good. That good. The starting young guns for the Guardians, number one. They lifted this club. And again, where many times young pitching in these spots usually just kind of kind of like tether out. They kind of just at some point just fall apart. Not these guys. Boy, these guys are tough. Bybee in particular is very good. I think Logan Allen's good too. He's just got to figure out some things. And Gavin Williams is exciting. This is a long-term thing for the Guardians. They're going to be very good from years to come again because they have starting pitching depth, and it's young. Not easy. Guardians are very, very, very good at it. They're lucky. Number two is J&J, not Johnson and Johnson, but Jose and Josh Naylor. Jose Ramirez... And Naylor really carry this team at times. They, You can feel their energy when they play. Naylor in particular in the last few weeks has really lifted this club. Obviously, Jose continually does the steal at home, the hit against St. Louis. Naylor's hit in the Bronx to tie it up was big this year. Both these guys are distinguishable, and they really lift the club. They really do. You're, we are lucky to have players like Josh, like Josh and like Jose. They make the team better, and they and we need them. And they have not really been unhealthy. Both have played most of the year. Guardians are very lucky there. But those are two by far. J&J, they lead the club in most stats offensively, which is not surprising. And they are the true leaders of this club. When you watch the dugout, you watch the reactions by players, those two guys stand out a lot. Top guy in average right now, 
with over 100 at bats is Naylor. Freeman's actually batting 308, but Naylor's number one, two, Jose Ramirez. RBIs, one, Josh Naylor, two, Jose Ramirez. Home runs, one, Jose Ramirez, two, Josh Naylor. Doubles, Jose number one, Josh Naylor number three, Quan's number two. But you get the picture. The only big difference between these two is runs scored. Ramirez scores a lot more runs, but that's expected because um, Naylor's your power guy. And obviously, um, Jose's going to have more stolen bases. And when it comes to war, number one's Jose Ramirez, and number four is Naylor. I think that's that's a little deceiving because Naylor's really lifted this club and I think should be more higher up there. But okay, he's number four. Jimenez, interestingly, is number two. His defense has really come on. Stephen Kwan's three. But going back to the point, it's J&J. J&J always gets the job done. Naylor and Jose. Jose and Naylor, which is the bad-up lineup. They are by far the leaders in this club. They are clearly the best hitters on this club. And when they go well, the team goes well. There's been a few, there's been a few side instances where Brennan Jimenez had a game here and there in Chicago this year. Bell the other night against Kansas City. There's a few instances where it's not one of them, but most times it's J&J, the staple of all Cleveland baseball. Jose and Josh Naylor. They are so good. And because of them, we are in the position we are in. They are very, very good. They're both having good years. Naylor should be an all-star. He's not. Part of that's because of the market. But they are both very, very good. And they really lift this team, and they are by far the leaders on this team. Again, you watch and you study the game day in, day out. They are by far our best players. And then finally, the bullpen is steady. They have very good bullpen numbers. They are rated in some aspects a second-best bullpen. They do have the most blown saves, but they are consistently good. They consistently do the job. And obviously they are, you know, we were again, like there's been moments this year where we've seen some trouble. Sure. Stefan class a as of late happens, but De Los Santos has really come on. Eli Morgan this year is having a very good year. Very good year. De Los Santos is having a great year. Hinches is getting better. Heron's getting better. There's a lot of depth. Sandlin's quietly pitched a good month. His ERA is finally under three. Eli Morgan, who I mentioned, boy, he comes out, pitches a lot of innings. His ERA is under two. Xavion Curry, the mop-up guy, boy, doesn't get any love after games, but he's got an ERA of three, and he just quietly settles the games down and keeps them out of hand from getting a merry-go-round of pitchers because of Xavion Curry. Xavion Curry's pitched a lot of innings so far too. He is the, he actually out of the starters, 
Savion Curry's the first guy up. He's pitched 46 innings. Curry's been really used a lot. He has he has quietly done and saved this team a lot of headaches by going out there and getting the mop up and getting the team home. Not easy. Curry does that. Stefan's been mind-numbing. He has times where he looks checked out. Still, his ERA is under three. His whip's a little higher than one in 1.26, but okay, not terrible. That's good to average. He does have two saves, and again, he... Stefan is your on and off. He's either on or off. There's really rarely in between. And no one's pitched more in this team than Class A. Class A's got 44 appearances. One of the leaders of that in baseball. He's pitched a lot. His ERA's high. He was an all-star selection. I think there are fans and there are too many people who are hard on Class A. Because he pitches a lot. The guy's out there a lot. We've only had 90 games. He's been out there for almost half, 44. A lot of games. Kid pitches a lot, doesn't care, get, get asked for the ball and does his thing. The bullpen's been steady. He's been good. Hasn't been great. Hasn't been elite, but it's been good. They are leading in blown saves, which is obviously a big, that's not a minor stat. So you can't say the bullpen's great. It's good. It does a good job. It's not perfect. It's not like last year. Last year I thought it was very good to great. This year it's good. It's good. But Classe is not elite right now, and Stefan's still trying to find his groove. But the Eli Morgans, the Xavion Currys, the Sandlins, they pick it up. I think Hinches will also have a big second half too. I think I really do. Hinches has been out half the year too. I think we'll see more of him. Hopefully, Karen Check can find it. He didn't find it at times in the first half. But those are the three big things from this club. Youthful starting pitching being so successful. J&J, Jose Ramirez, and Josh Naylor. And then finally, the good steady bullpen. If you want a fourth as a wild card, throw in these, you know, throw in the Will Brennan experience. I think Will Brennan has quietly really had multiple big moments for this club. Really, really has. He has done a nice job for this club. I don't think at times he gets enough publicity as he should. The guy can play. I like him in big spots. I don't like it when he's not in the lineup. He should be playing. He's played 79 games so far. He's just batting below uh, 270, just below. He's got five home runs, too. Not great, obviously, but okay, five. For Garnett, is pretty good, which is not saying a lot. But Will Brennan is another guy who's really settled down right field when we had a lot of questions going into it. There's a lot of rumors about Oscar Gonzalez coming back up, which is great. I'll tell you, Will Brennan's really earned a lot of bats, and he is, again, another guy clutching situations. And I, again, I let off the show. I would not throw away Ahmed Rosario lightly. Guy really hits well in the second half of the year. Those four things have been the big positives for the Guardians here in these first 45 wins. And I want to state this one more time before we get to our break and go to the other half of this. The criticisms. The Guardians' young pitching is rare. We are really, really lucky as fans. 
talk to teams who have young starting rotations. It usually doesn't go this smoothly. We come back, the criticisms of the Guardians 45-45 record. Welcome back to the Believe in the Land show. My name is Andy Billman. If you love great content about your three teams, go to believeintheland.com. Daily articles about the three teams, even during the summertime. Check it out. Buckeye football as well. Believe in the land. If you like this too, go to Believe in the Land on YouTube. Believe in the Land on YouTube. And finally, at Official Cleveland Sports, part of the Believe in the Land brand. That's at Official Cleveland Sports. I'm on after every Browns, Cavaliers, and Guardians game. I'm there after every one. I'm watching all of them because I have a problem. I'm in sports fandom AA right now going in tonight. Still watch all the games. Can't help it. So, you know, help help a brother out. Go to at official Cleveland Sports. You'll love it. You need this analysis? I'm going to hook you up, Jack. Believeintheland.com at official Cleveland Sports on Instagram and on threads. The new thing, threads. Check it out. It's kind of a cool thing. It's the Twitter of the metaverse, which for people who don't know is Facebook company. So now it's Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, which is a version of Twitter for Facebook, which I must admit I do like and prefer over Twitter at this point. Okay, now, to three things that the Guardians have to work on that are concerns. Uh, number one is they're hitting when it comes to power. The Guardians do not hit for power. They are still today in last place, far and away, coming into the day they are 60 home runs. They did not hit a home run today, so they're going to end in last and last by 15 home runs. I mean, that's a large gap. The Guardians don't show power. They just don't. They don't hit for power in this sport, and it's going to bite them at some point. It's okay not to have a huge amount of power. It's not okay to be labeled as no power. The Guardians now have that label. They don't really have power. They are very deficit home runs. And again, I don't care if you're in the bottom third. Like, you know, the Cubs are 95, but, you know, only ahead of them is 107. That's, that's not a huge gap. That's 12. Guardians have 60, 60. Cubs have 35 more. They're 21st. It's a huge gap. Huge gap. The Nationals came in today with 75. That's 15 more. They're, they're 29th. They're nowhere close. Guardians need to find power. Need to hit more home runs. Don't have to hit home runs to win games. Just need to find ways to get more home runs. And I do think it translates into their runs. The Guardians right now are 27th, 364. They don't score a lot of runs. As their hitting come around, yes. Are they having a better time scoring runs in games? Oh, absolutely, yes. Should we be pa packing up the bags and thinking there's nothing more needs to be changed? Uh, absolutely not, no. The Guardians have a lot to work on when it comes to figuring out how to score runs and power. They just don't have power. They're not hitting like they should be in powerful spots. Josh Bell is a part of it, sure. Sure. Jimenez has not hit the way we thought he would. But the Guardians aren't built around power bats. So if you don't get what you're supposed to get out of Josh Bell, 
and Jimenez, which hasn't happened so far in the first half, the Straws and the Brennans and all those other guys kind of stick out. Quan, all these guys are kind of the same. Ahmed Rosario. And Rosario and Quan and Brennan can hit. But they're not hitting for power. So they had to find other ways to get that. Guardians do hit doubles. They're eighth in doubles. Guardians also hit triples. They are tied for second with the Reds, and the Royals are one up on them. So Guardians show speed. What's amazing, though, is, again, again, no power. Okay, you can take it. It's fine. But their lack of power in the, the distinction of how many they're, again, for the for the Cubbies to be that many more had 35 home runs. Yeah, geez, that's a lot. It's a lot. That is a lot. It's a big difference. Big difference. That can really, really cost you down the road. They also need to get more steals if they're going to be doing this. They, their number, their seventh in baseball. Thought that number would be higher. The Reds, for example, are 112. The Guardians have to do more of that kind of stealing where they get more in the 90s. Guardians are going to have to be better base runners in the second half. Lack of power is number one, though. I don't want to get off topic. That's number one. Number two is I don't. And it's something that I think they're going to figure out. But really, for most of the season, the Guardians haven't had a catcher. Mike Zanino did not work out. That was supposed to be a big free agency thing that was going to come in. That was really going to lift the club to new heights. And they didn't really get that from, from Zanino at all. In fact, he was a terrible catcher. Cam Gallagher's a catcher right now, but frankly, he's not very good at hitting. David Fry's really not a catcher when you watch him. And Bo and Bo Naylor's great, but he's a rookie. And that is really, you know, this not having a catcher situation, I think, has had an effect on the team more than what we think with even when it comes to pitching. They really don't have a veteran presence. There's no hedges this year. I think that's hurt the Guardians. And it was really shocking how poorly they played. They played poorly. They did not play. Boy, Zinov was just terrible. Terrible. So they they have to, the Guardians, now they have Bo Naylor. They have to hope Naylor can hold the fort. And against another rookie in a big spot. But the catcher situation, I think, has really hurt the Guardians in the first half, in particular the first two months of the year. You could feel it. You can feel in how they're playing. They just were not as crisp as they should have been. Sounds crisp. It's gotten better as the season's gone on. But it the catcher situation is just not, it's not good. It, it, until now and uh, even when it's not good now it's okay like they can get by with this but again like cam gallagher in a big spot Ugh. but he needs defensive prowess that's why shane bieber wants him to catch bo naylor he doesn't have a lot of experience he's a rookie obviously he played a little bit last year but he's really getting his rookie legs this year 
David Fry, I don't know if he's a catcher. Guardians have a lot. This is a merry-go-round times of catcher, but I think they've figured it out. But that is still, that's a position you like to have a veteran presence, and you really don't have that. They just don't, and that's surprising. Uh, with the young staff that's so talented, it's surprising they don't have more of a veteran catcher position, but they, they've gotten through it this year. They have gone by without it, and they're I think they're going to be okay, but it's, it's something to remind ourselves as we get into later in the season. Truthfully, this team has not had a steady veteran catcher. That's not a light note. That's usually very unusual for a team. Catcher position is number two. And it's been, again, it's it's just, the more you think about it before we move on, it is shocking how badly Mike Zeno played. He cost his team some games. And I was a veteran catcher. It just wasn't, he just couldn't hit. Really did not have moments where you felt like he had control the staff for more than a week. Like he had a week. So, you know, it felt like he had a good week here and there, but boy, after that, it just felt like it always was just falling apart, tumbling apart. Not just not good enough. Just not good enough. And then finally for the guardians, they play way too many close games, which kind of goes in with the run scoring. The guardians have the pitching to win games. They aren't a lead pitching. They don't scare you. But the Guardians play all these run one-run games. 36 of them. That's a lot. Man, that's almost a 30-year game. That's more than 30-year games. One run. And it's just constant Maalox mashing moments. I guess if the team gets in the playoffs, that might help them. But all these one-run games have really put a lot of pressure and I think at times it's spiraled the opposite way, not inspired. But I think it puts pressure on the Guardians, and they don't perform as well. When you're always behind or in close games, you're not able to perform. Guardians need to find some more distance in these games. Three runs plus, and it just feels like at times it's just a miracle when it does happen. Guardians are constantly in one-run games. Constantly, obviously they are. Your stats tell you that. And again, I think that's hurt this team. I don't think it's helped to play all these one-run games. I think it mentally strains. It makes players press. And it puts a lot of compound pressure on your bullpen. A lot. They play a lot of extra inning games, too. Guardians are no short of innings. They play a lot of innings, this team. Boy, they do. Play a lot of innings. But these one-run games, they, it, put, it puts more pressure on your team. It doesn't it doesn't put you in a relaxed position. It doesn't get your best efforts from your teammates. And that's not what the Guardians need right now, obviously. Nor any team wants. But you, it's just too much pressure. And you can feel it suffocating at times in watching these games. Guardians need to build more leads. They need to have more distance in between these games. Lack of power, number one. Number two is the merry-go-round of catching. Number three, 
they play too many close games. They just they far play far too many one run games. Stresses out your glove. If you want to nickel and dime some more things, there's two more that I have on my plate. Number one, the fielding for the Guardians needs to be better. They're kind of in the they're, they're in the top half, but they're eleventh. The Guardians last year were always in that top five. They need to get back in that top five of defense. That really helps the Guardians. They haven't had that elite defense. I'm starting to see some things from Straw. He's had some great plays. That was a great relay throw they have between him and Jimenez. Jimenez is starting to come around defensively too. Not that they were bad, but they're becoming more elite like they were last year. And Quan's been great in left field. He really has. Kick and play left field. But they need to be elite. You're not going to score runs. You're not going to power. You have to have elite defense. They really don't. They have very good defense, but not elite. They need to get those points up. Not a huge gap, by the way. So they can't, it is attainable. But as the season goes on, they need to start seeing more of that. And then finally, as we mentioned, if you're talking just playoffs, Guardians are still very young. They are the youngest team in baseball. And that shows in some of their games, obviously. At times, they look like a young team because they are a young team. They have young starters. They have young people everywhere. It is giving this team a lot of experience. It is giving this team a chance for next year to be explosive again. But to have another year where you're very, very young, it doesn't usually equate to big wins in the playoffs. And the youth on the Guardians sometimes is very evident. Very evident. Outside of J&J and Josh Bell, too, throwing there. Rosario's a vet. They, you know, they look young. And because they are young. A lot of youth on this team. I would thought, maybe I was expecting too much, I thought it'd be a lot more flippable in year two. After 2022, it has not been as flippable, meaning not as many wins I thought they were going to get. The youth on the Guardians definitely plays a toll. I mean, again, it's captain obvious in any sport, but especially in the sport of baseball, when you're young, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get pinned down in certain situations. Then they get bit in the guardian in certain spots. It's all good experience, but man, it's experience on the fly as you're trying to make the playoffs. Guardians are very, very lucky to be in the AL Central. They're right there. They're in first place. And it's, a, it's remarkable for all their ups and downs. They're kind of where they were last year. They're right there at 500. No big deal. And they're going to be right there at the end. You can feel it. They're going to be right there getting to the AL Central. And I think they're going to win the AL Central again. All-star break here. When they come back, they're at Texas and at Pittsburgh. One more segment when we come back. Welcome back to the final segment here of the Believe in the Land Show. My name is Andy Billman. Again, check out BelieveInTheLand.com. I think it's the best coverage you can find. We put care and tenderness into all three teams. Buckeye football included. Check us out at Official Cleveland Sports 2 on Instagram. That's part of the Believe in the Land media company. And then finally, check us out on our YouTube page at BelieveInTheLand.com, Believe in the Land YouTube, and at Official Cleveland Sports. The Cavs are playing Summer League. I got to watch some of the second half and most of the second quarter today with the Cavs. They were on the NBA Network, so I got to watch them a little bit. 
I know everybody's going to focus on Imani Bates. That's fair. He's obviously the big name ticket in this tour this year. But the one player that's really standing out to me is Isaiah Mobley. Um, he had another good game today. He had, I think he had 15, yeah, 15 points. And again, this is such exhibition basketball to really break it down. Anything more than that's not being fair. Uh, I mean, they heck they get, they allow players to have 10 fouls. So you can foul forever. And you're not getting foul in the summer league. You get to have 10 fouls and just bow out. All that to be said, I thought Mobley really stood out when watching the game. He had a great plus minus. Also Porter, um, also Travers is another player who played well today. Like him. Like him a lot. He's a kid from Australia. He had he had another uh, big day today playing playing with a plus 27 on team playing significant minutes. And Bates is doing a nice job. You know, he doesn't make a lot of threes right now. He's made one out of five today. But he did have a lot of rebounds. But again, this is loosey goosey basketball. So to put stats and put too much emphasis on that's okay. But you know, Bates is going to need time. That's very clear to me when watching him. But he has a chance. I will. I don't want to talk like Bates is not going anywhere. I think Bates just needs time to grow in Canton. I think he needs a lot of time in Canton this year. I think it's going to really help his trajectory of making the Cavs someday. Don't see Bates doing much this year for the Cavs. And that's not a shot against Bates, just being truthful. Like, he needs time. Kid's young. He's raw. He just played a year at Central Michigan. That wasn't because of Eastern Michigan's, um, you know, NIL money. Because the kid needs time to play. Bates is, has some opportunities down the road to make plays for the Caps. I don't think it's going to be this year. Mobley, on the other hand, I would keep your eye on. Again, I'm a big believer in the brother thing. He looks, he stands out while you're watching these games. And he's impressive in these games. I like him. Wouldn't be surprised either, Mr. Nance, um, you know, brother, uh, brother, and obviously, uh, some, you know, another Nance in the league. I think he could also make the Cavs at some point. I can see that for sure. He's got a two way contract. Again, wouldn't read too much into this. I know there's a lot of people who are kind of all over the place on what to think of the free agency. I thought the Cavs actually had a pretty good free agency run. I thought they did what they had to do. I like Strauss a lot. I think Strauss is going to start for the Cavs. I think you're going to see Okoro come off the bench, which I think is good for Okoro. I think late in the games, you're going to see a combination. Mitchell, Garland, that's a given. You're going to see Niang. You're going to see a little bit of Levert. You're going to see a little bit of Strauss and Mobley. I think the days of Jay, you know, of Jared Mo, of Jared Allen playing Mobley late in games, I don't think we're going to see that as much. And you saw the Cavs starting to go away from that a little bit at the end of the year. I think you're going to see more of an emphasis on that. I think the Cavs are going big late in games. That's winding down. Think more now what you're going to see is, again, a combination of Niang, Strauss, Levert with Garland and Mitchell. I think that's what you're going to see. And in key situations on defense, maybe O'Curl. They're playing a smaller team. That's what I think you're going to see. I think Mobley's always going to be your five late in games, which is fine. I think that will do the Cavs well. I think that will actually be a huge advantage. But for people to get upset about the Cavs done, I mean, they had to resign Levert. 
Strauss fills the small forward position. He's on the smaller side, okay, but he scores. He's a three-point shooter. And Yang's exactly what the Cavs needed. A big guy who can shoot three from power forward to small forward. What else do you want? I mean, it's pretty good. Pretty good. This team is there defensively. They have to figure out how to rebound better. This team should be rebounding better. Maybe with these additions, maybe with offseason with JB, they'll be able to learn how to rebound and close out games late by getting the rebound, squeezing that orange. We'll see. Time will tell. But to get all flummoxed about what the Cavs did, which I see some fans, I just don't, I'm not understanding that. Cavs done a pretty good job. Cavs have fixed their wing position to the best of their ability. And again, they Niang and Strauss, they shoot three well, which is a big hindrance on this team later in games, as we all learned. So I think it's pretty good. I'm happy with what the Cavs did. Wouldn't expect too much more. Not perfect, but it's pretty good. They may do with what they could do with their assets and their money cap situation. Guardians are 45 and 45, but they are in first place. Half came up on the Twinkies. There's a lot of rumors about Shane Bieber trade stuff. Again, I'll say it. I don't think you can trade Bieber and then make a playoff run. I would keep Bieber until the offseason. And I don't know if you're going to get a huge haul for Bieber. I think you make a good trade for Bieber. But to think you're going to get this, you know, big trade i don't i think you're going to have to add rosario to that too which i wouldn't do either i think you need to result i think you need to ride out rosario and beaver guardians with their young pitching have really been have really done a lot this is a very young team and they're 45 and 45 sky's the limit they need more power we all know that hopefully they can get some power at some point and thank god for j and j josh naylor and jose Ramirez. cleveland Cavs summer league basketball going on as mobley stood out that was the week in sports or Cleveland. <laughs> I kind of jumbled that up. That was the week in sports in Cleveland, Ohio. My name is Andy Billman. Check me out on believeintheland.com. Check me out at official Cleveland Sports on Instagram. Check me out on the Believe in the Land YouTube page. Have a good week. Be back here next Sunday.